State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It's our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're headed down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival, and we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. That's how we own it. What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the place, the place where, where the streets, streets and politics, politics meet. meet. What's going on, Tamika? How you doing today? God is good. God is good. All the time. Yeah, it's the end of a year, and we have certainly had a long one, a long 2021, but it has gone, it's like a long year and it's going fast because I swear that December just started and it's already the last week of this month. It's crazy. Now, I ain't gonna lie, these, this year, these last couple of months have been just speeding past. Every time you turn around, it's the 20-something. You're like, what? It was just the first, and it's the 27th. It's almost yeah. the 20th. It's like, you know, so the, the year has definitely been going fast, but we've had a lot of things going good, a lot of things going, everything. This has been an eventful year, really eventful. It has been. It has been. It's been, um, I don't know. It feels like many years we've come through have been bittersweet, you know, um, and it's like, it's almost like you feel guilty because on one side, for me, I feel like I'm growing into the woman that I am destined to be. Um, I've grown so much in 2021. It's actually, uh, I guess, somewhere between 40 and 41. There's literally been sort of a bump, if you will, in my womanhood and my growth. Uh, I see life different. I'm much more clear about what I am willing to accept, what I'm not, even from myself, the challenges that I, I really put on myself to be better, to do better, uh, and just to be a better me. And so for, from that perspective, and also recognizing that at some point around 40 years old, it's as if people really truly do begin to respect and understand, um, you know, your, your expertise, um, your value, your womanhood, all of those things, it gets 
much stronger when you reach your 40s and, and maybe it's the way we walk in that. Maybe it's the way that, you know, I speak, the way that I carry myself, the level of confidence I have. Um, and as that takes place, I kind of feel that, you know, my success in terms of how I'm growing, not just as a activist, but as, you know, with many things, just my book writing, writing in general, being able to express myself. So all those things are happening, but yet at the same time, is there really success with the work that we do every day in our movements? Yes, I believe that overall there is. Um, and the success looks different. It doesn't necessarily look like changing all the legislation that we want to see changed um, and stopping uh, police from killing us, but it does look like bringing more people into the movement. It does look like encouraging more young people to pick up the mantle, um, training more young people. You know, there's so many young people around us and so many young women and men that I mentor myself every single day. And so those things feel good, but there's always this balance, if you will, of feeling like on one side, we're doing well, I'm doing really well, but on the other side, we still have so far to go. And so this is just no time to really sit down and celebrate. Yeah, you know, I go through that same thing, man. Watching yourself grow, understanding who you are, becoming, who you're supposed to become is, is, is um, like you said, is a gift and a curse. You know what you're willing to stand for. You know what you're able to do. You know what you're not able to do. You understand your strengths, your weaknesses. You just start to identify yourself in full capacity. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times that that that's changing. So your surroundings change. People that you used to be around, you know, sometimes you grow apart from the way that you think. Certain things that you used to do, you don't do. Certain things that you haven't done before, you start to do. You know, so that's I think that's just part of evolution. You know, as as men and women grow, you evolve into it's like the cocoon in a butterfly, right? You just you start to metamorphose into who you're supposed to be. So I think that's a year when you get into your early 40s, you start to really, you know, take hold of who you are. You start to identify yourself in full capacity. And what else, what else happens is you don't care about who who doesn't care, right? <laughs> right? Because before, when you're in your 20s and even in your 30s, you worried about how somebody else is going to perceive what you like or what you like, right. how you think or how you show up. You know, when you start to get 40, I think what you start to realize that the, the main purpose is for you to be comfortable and happy and you to be, you know, living in your true essence of who you are, you know? So, you know, that's, that's, that's probably what's been going on for us in these last couple of years, man. I mean, especially in this last year in general, just along with, I think COVID and, and the, the pandemic rushed the process because it forced a lot of people to have to deal with themselves, right? When you, mm -hmm. when you, when you locked up and you just got to deal with yourself every day and look in the mirror and make assessments and see things for what they are, then you reflect, you know, it was, it was much like my stint in prison, even though it wasn't as long, but in prison, I had to look at myself every day. I had to make real assessments. I had to, really just because I had to live with myself every day. So I looked how I was showing up, how people were receiving me, how they weren't receiving me, what, how I was progressing, how mentally I was progressing. What did I learn today, right? Because when you just have yourself, you can't lie to yourself, right? Life, wow. you know what I'm saying? Outside life can distract you. You can be so distracted 
doing nothing that you actually think you did something. You can be running around, boom, boom, not really accomplishing anything, but you think you are because you move and there's constant things going on. But when you don't have that, every day you go say, okay, what did I do? If I don't have nothing to distract me, did I work out? Am I mentally strong? Did I read something? Did I put together some type of plan? Like what accomplishment do I actually have? And I know I find myself having those thoughts, like early in the morning, I get, I, it's like a level of anxiety. Like you didn't do anything today, Mike. What, what are you, what are you going to accomplish? What is your plan for the day? What did you do yesterday? Did you accomplish something? Did something move forward? Did you plan something? You have so many opportunities and so many things to do. What did you do towards these goals? You know, so I think, listening to you, I, I definitely identify and understand that mind state, man. But we've all overall, I believe we had like a wonderful year, especially with our podcast. We're the number one, you know what I'm saying? Number one podcast in the world, Street Politicians. Shout out to um, iHeart, Black Effect Network. Um, shout out to Charlemagne. You know, this has been a wonderful ride and we just continuing to grow. We got so much growth to do. You know, this is this was has been our first season with Black Effect Network. So we just got so much growth. We revamping, we learning things, we learning things about how we can be better. We're gonna have more guests, we're gonna have more, more in-depth conversations. You know, we're gonna debate like we usually do, because I don't really agree with most of the stuff you say all the time. But it's gonna be a good podcast, man. So we just want to thank all of you guys and girls and women and men and everybody who's tuned into this show who's making it, continuing to make it grow, who's challenging us, who's giving us your feedback, telling us what you love, what you don't love. We just want to say we appreciate y'all. Yeah, no, I, I feel that way too, that the podcast has really caused me also um, to sit still. It's, it's not just the podcast, but it was the book this year, the podcast. It, it causes us to sit down and really focus on developing something. Um, and giving other people a voice. And I appreciate so much that we have a mixture of guests. We've had all types of people on our show. And so many platforms um, have been designed to focus only on celebrities or influencers that can get the numbers up. And clearly numbers matter. And you do have to have a show that allows for, um, you know, that, that, or you have to have a product, a brand that people are attracted to. And that's going to come from you having highlight moments. So I get that. But at the same time, we never wanted to be so stuck with that model that we did not give voice to folks that have never been heard of. You could be living anywhere down south, you know, any corner of America. And we wanted to make sure that if you're doing good work, that we use the Street Politicians platform to give voice to those individuals. And I love the fact that, as you said, the Black Effect Network um, and iHeart are giving us that opportunity, allowing us to, um, you know, to use our platform the way we want to. We never, ever receive feedback that changes who we are, whatever, you know, from Black Effect or from iHeart. You know, what they will say is, hey, it seemed that people love this show, right? And again, it could be a show on any of the topics that we've covered. And they say, do more of that. Or they'll say, people love when you and my son have real conversations, but they don't say to us, well, you shouldn't have these guests on or every month you need to have three celebrities or two in order for, we never get that type of feedback. 
Um, you know, and, and I think Charlemagne and what it is that he's trying to create is a space that allows people to be authentic, authentic to themselves, authentic to their brand, authentic to the work that we all claim to be doing. And so I love, um, I, you know, and I, I was really hesitant, as you know, to do the show. Um, and when we started out, Street Politicians um, was great. It was the best name ever, but I still was hesitant about the whole process, hesitant about being vulnerable before the camera. You know I hate being on camera. I dislike, I'm trying to take the word hate out of my vocabulary or at least not use it um, as frequently as I do, but I dislike the camera. It's not my most comfortable space. And, you know, when it's all said and done, that vulnerability has helped me grow. So it's been great. And it's also been great to learn from so many people because I feel like every show, I walk away smarter. I got, I have something that I can go Google, learn more about and figure out how to, to incorporate it in my teachings to the world. So it becomes like each one teach one. So I think Street Politicians is educational. I don't know if we're going to stick with the name Street Politicians forever. Um, I think we, there's, we've been talking about whether or not we have evolved and want to come up with a different way to um, really make sure that people know it's us and it's our brand and it's not just like something in the world. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you continue to stay on me about the fact that we needed to bring our perspective and have our own representation online where people can hear directly from us how we feel and you know and and what our opinion is or are what our opinions are on issues so for today we're doing this what about the the leaders of the culture podcast no, because the, the, the problem is culture that leaders. Not no. culture, culture leaders. No, because first of all, there's already a culture show, which is on revolt. And yes, still there. It will be, you know, culture, culture leaders is two different things than for the culture. Puff will bring it back. But here's, here's what culture I'm saying. Leaders of the culture. What? I'm completely fine. Tell me, leaders of the culture in a dope name? No. I'm going to tell you why. Why? I am completely fine with using street politicians as the name unless we are changing it to something that makes sure people know it's Tamika and my son. Otherwise, the name we have is fine. Well, yeah. It could the be only reason, the it only be reason. Tamika and my son, culture leaders. No. I don't like that at all. But we should, maybe we can open it up and do a poll and allow people after this show to give their input on what we should be in or our new like, year. Like the name, stay with it. Huh? Or, or if they like the name, do we stay with it? That's a good point. We'll see. So that's, a, that's something we've got to kick back to uh, our production team. And we have to make sure that as this year closes, we give a lot of love to Catscape Productions, um, our sister Janice, our sister Kat Trigg, 
um, and all the other folks that work every single day, not just every week, but they work every single day on making street politicians what it is. Um, the level of commitment that Catscape has had and the belief in us prior to us getting a deal with Black Effect Network is incredible. So we've had, we've, we've been, we've been ordained to do this show. Denise, we love you, Janice. <laughs> that her name is Janice for the, so people will not start calling that beautiful woman out of her name because Janice. No, her name is not Janice people. So let's just be clear about that because when she's in business meetings and other places, she like to, as a woman, be called by her name, which is Janice. That is my son's nickname that he calls her, which is wonderful. They laugh about it, but her name is Janice. Thank you. Okay. So the shows, though, it's been a lot of people. I didn't even know when we were doing this review of the shows. I had no idea we did as many shows as we've had. Yeah. We have done a lot of shows. Yeah, we've done a lot of shows. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Since it's the end of the year, we're going to do a recap of some of our favorite shows, some of our favorite guests. You know, like Tamika said, we always give platforms to those who wouldn't normally give platforms. But we also have some friends that are kind of famous that have shot by. <laughs> some some dope interviews man so what we're going to do is talk about some of our favorite interviews man some right. of our favorite people that came up you know either they laughed made us laugh made us almost cry or they just informed us about something we didn't know about you know so, so we did cry i know i cried yeah. uh, specifically during the hill harper interview Shout i cried well let's go let's go to let's go to that episode since you mentioned it I, I, Hill Harper, Hill, Hill Harper was one of my best episodes because first of all, he said something, you know, he's Hill Harper. He said some incredible things, but he was a really strong episode because I sat next to you and watched how the two of you connected and how, how emotional it made you as you listened to him speak about things that is just so dang on important for black men. So that was like really, really an empower, empowering episode that, that I think we've had. So let's go to a clip from that episode. The mental health of black men is something that we never discuss. It's something that's stigmatized. It's stigmatized from when you're very young and people say, just get up, you tough, you tough, you got this, come on. And it's also stigmatized from the standpoint of even the black church system, it's like, no, 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 don't go to therapy, you know, come, come just pray it out, pray it out in church. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so, so many men, black men, so many of us are living inside our own heads and feel like that we can actually communicate it even to each other. Cause we'll be seen as soft or we'll be seen as, 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 as not so-called strong black men and it eats you up from the inside. And so we have to have these discussions. We have to say, it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel, it's okay to open your heart and, 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 and feel the pain. It's okay to feel fear. We never talk about fear, right? It's okay to be afraid as a black man, knowing that the world is trying to come at you. Shout out to Hill Harper. Like you said, one of the most powerful interviews, but 
had me a little teary-eyed, but told you we had history. Me and Hill had a lot of history, man. I was at one of his first movies. He almost forgot about it. So shout out to Hill, man. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. That's how we own it! So you know who was one of my favorite episodes? And I guess it's because, you know, we had so much history. I think Sean was one of my favorite episodes. Just watching him come home, knowing we had history. I have a lot of history in this game, this hip-hop game, you know, and just understanding his plight, our plights being similar, and just getting to get, get one of his first interviews from coming home and being in the United States. I think that's one of my favorites. So let's go to Sean. It doesn't matter because I'm still helping people. Mm. So whether I get elected or not, you know, I, I'm blessing people. So, you know, I'll be okay. It's not about getting elected. I'd like to because then I could, you know, take my actions and put it into policy right. and put it into legislation and create a system. See, for me, I don't want it to be, I don't want to be a neo-colonial mm. master. Mm. You know, I don't want pe my people to be dependent on me or any politician. So I want to create systematic change so you don't need to go to a politician. Sean was a good interview. I mean, I think in the new year, we got to have Sean back. And I think there's so much, and there's many guests that, could come back and talk because there's so much that um, he knows, so much that he's learned and so many different historical moments that has happened that he speaks to and he speaks really well on all these topics. And so, you know, I, I, I really appreciated that interview and that's yet another one of those moments where I feel like I was able to see right before my eyes the two of you really connecting, you know, and that's always really, really special for me. You know how much I, I love and appreciate so much when Black men like 
connect and come together around different issues. So that for me was one of my favorite um, episodes as well. I also kind of feel like the women get a lot of love on street politicians. One, because women are doing so many powerful things, but we do have many episodes where women are um, are being elevated and you know, and we have all different types of people. For me, it, it almost is like we are, we've really, really been intentional about showing people that we come from all different walks of life and different spaces and we think differently. It's not just one way of thinking. And so for me, a good episode would have been Bevy Smith, right? I, th I thought that Bevy, while she was her normal Bevy, she also brought a different flavor. Like she showed people a different side of herself at writing her book, but also talking about her failures and things that she went through in her career. So we should watch this episode, uh, or at least a clip of Bevy. And I think she's another one, Mice. We got to have Bevy come back. How do you continue to reinvent yourself? Like what is the secret sauce? Mm. The secret sauce is really not ever being complacent. complacent never resting on your laurels and, you know, always being up for the challenge and always wanting to experience something new. You know what I mean? Like, I think that one of the saddest things is that, you know, so many times in our community, we don't even dare to dream. Mm. We stifle our dreams and it's not our fault, really. It's that that's like kind of been inbred in us mm. a lot of times to, um, you know, have dreams, but make sure they're sensible, right? Right. So you can have a dream to be a lawyer or a doctor, but you can't have a dream to be an author or to be a TV personality or, you know what I mean? And so a lot of times they put a cap on our dreams. Also, we're not given the exposure right. to even know. Like when I was a kid, I came up through advertising and I started out as a receptionist and it was only working in the environment that I learned about becoming a media director, which is what I did in my 20s. Mm -hmm. And I started this career in, in fashion advertising. But I didn't know that as a little girl growing up in the hood that I could even have a career in advertising and certainly not in fashion. Yeah, do you, so are you a big mentor? Yes, you know that. I know, you have a bunch of babies, I know. Yeah, I have a bunch of babies. That's the mother part of the book. Yeah. You know, it really does come from my LGBTQIA family that called me mother that mm. that um Derek J yeah. and Miss Lawrence my co-hosts from Bravo's Fashion Queens they started calling me mother on set and then it just kind of carried on and then the auntie part is really about the young women and I will say young under 40 under 40 under 40 really under 35 but I might give y'all something if you're 36 or 37 <laughs> and, and and you see me on TV and you think of me as your cool auntie or you think of me as oftentimes I get the rich auntie and then also the bestie part is for me and my girlfriends, the contemporaries, you know, we done been through some things. Mm. We know a few things. Um, we gonna, um, we gonna share war stories over cocktails and fabulous trips and, you know, doing the things and the things. Right. Shout out to Bevy, man. That was a dope interview. Bevy's always her energetic, raw self, man. And I book, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you can't take nothing from Bevy. She's the same person, I promise you. It ain't just for TV. This is Bevy every day, all day. So this definitely was one of my favorite episodes. But since we're on the topic of being your same self, authentic, and energy, another one of my, my episodes that I really liked was my brother Wallow267, man. Wallow is a brother that I, I met on the internet just watching him on the street corners, just giving words of encouragement and doing push-ups 
in the rain and you know what I'm saying? And then when you meet him, just like Bevy, it's the same exact energy. He's always positive. He always shows you the same love, you know? So interviewing him and just having a real personal relationship, brother that I call up all the time that calls me just the other day, he just called me in the middle of the day. was like, yo, I love you and I appreciate what you're doing. You know, we had like a real deep conversation. So just watching his evolution into who he is and being able to interview him on our platforms, it was just special for me. So let's go to Wallow's interview. One of the reasons that I thought about my when I was young, I had people that was in my life, my grandmama, different people, old, some older guys in the community that was always trying to get me right. But one thing that, that, that the reason they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't get into me, my mind, because they was outnumbered mm. with the street. It was too many people in the street. So I said, okay, I'm going to bring, I'm going to grab your attention on social media. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to show y'all some shit that y'all never seen. I'm going to make it popular to do right. And you still could be cool. You still could be thorough. I didn't been able to do things since I've been home to show y'all not just being righteous is cool. Not just doing right is cool. I'm able to, I, I made a shitload of money off of being right. Mm. Wallow is hilarious. That is what Wallow is. He's hilarious. You all just saw. He's so funny. He talks so fast, but he keeps it a thousand all the time. And I love me some Wallow. He always shows me so much love. So shout out to Wallow, wherever he is. And if you're not following him, you should, because he drops a word of encouragement every single day. Um, a few words. It ain't just one. Yeah, a few words. <laughs> so... Let me see, Wallow, then who would that bring me to? You know who would, okay, Rhapsody. That would make me think about when we had Rhapsody on. That's another very encouraging person. I don't even think people get to see online how encouraging Rhapsody is. And just like, she's so fly, just so dope. That is dope. my sister. And she's one of the hardest rappers ever. Not, And I'm not just saying that. But she wraps her ass off. She absolutely does. And she and I talked in this episode about trying to find us a man and, and being old ladies sitting on the beach. So let's listen to uh, a little bit of Rhapsody. Support means putting dollars behind the work that we're doing. And you sign with them. And I'm just, I want to know when you talk about support, how different does it feel to be with, a, a, a company, an organization that cares about everything that Rhapsody stands for, not just your music, but also your concerns of community and they're involved in just so many philanthropic um, efforts. Mm -hmm. What is that like for you? Man, that's, that's so fulfilling. Um, you know, it feels like family. It feels like you're part of something that's bigger than business. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had a few emails with Jay-Z and we talk about, he'll, he'll say, this ain't a business. This is culture for me. And that's, that's what I want to be attached to. I don't want to be attached to, you know, a business that's just empty and it's all about money, money, money. You get with an organization like Rock Nation, you know, that, that care about the culture, the people in it, you know, it's not just about a bottom line. It's like, you know, how can we help and enrich not only our artists, but our people at the same time. Shout out to Rhapsody, my sister, man. Love Rhapsody. Love me some Rhapsody. Like, Rhapsody is one of the most authentic people you will ever meet. Fly, dope, just spirit, just on a thousand, man. It's just, it's crazy. 
that somebody who's that humble is that raw of a rapper and that confident at the same time, man. So shout out to Rhapsody. Since we're on the topic of dope women, you know, one of my favorite episodes also was when we had the Mothers of the Movement on. It was an emotional time, but all of those mothers who came up there, you know, are, are people that I've grown to be like family with. You know, just understanding their struggles, understanding what they've been through, how we've been with them in these trenches, you know, crying with them sometimes, sometimes smiling, happy with them, just seeing them in so many different phases of their lives, you know, being able to interview them and have them on our platform was just like a blessing for me. So that's definitely one of my favorite episodes. Sabrina. Um, to uh, George Floyd's family, um, I just want to say hang in there. Um, it, 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 it looks really, really dark right now because you are sitting in the courtroom and going through a really, really extremely um, dark time in your life. And um, I can't say, say right now if things are, are going to improve as, as far as the uh, trial is concerned. But, but you have to keep your head up. You have to be prayerful. You have to be hopeful. And, and, and that's what's going to uh, keep them, you know, uh, clinging on to one another. Um, and, and, and we just got to be hopeful that, that things, you know, people will see things for what they truly are and not what these laws say and not what this policy say and these things. A life was taken. And I want to remind people a life was taken and you can't bring it back. You can't bring that life back. Um, people can get jobs, another job. You know, they, they, they can get a, a, another car. A, you can't buy another life. And so we just got to be mindful of that, of, of how severe that was for him to have a knee on his neck. I, I just can't get that visual out of my head. Um, for Tamika Palmer, um, I'm going to be seeing you real soon. And, um, you know, you're going to be surrounded by love. You're going to be surrounded by support. Um, and, and just know that you are not alone. You are not in this thing alone. And, and, and once you leave there, it's not a, a miracle conference. It's not a miracle retreat, but it's certainly you're going to leave differently from the way you came. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, the Mothers of the Movement was really a powerful moment uh, because they all came on and they were very, very clear about why. They came on because they wanted the world to know that of the people <laughs> that I actually know, that we have actually worked with, they appreciate, support me. Uh, they support us. They support our work. Uh, we've not in any way made them feel like their children were exploited or that we've done anything to harm them. Um, instead, we've been an asset to them and their families. Uh, and that type of support is what you need because there are many people who would in those moments run. And we've had that happen where people would say, well, you know, the missiles are out. I don't want to get caught in it. So I'm going to stand back. But those mothers um, and, you know, they came together to make sure that it was clear to the world that those people who, you know, they didn't leave any doubt or questions. You know, some people would say, okay, well, I hear you saying that you may not have done this thing, but where's your support? 
and all of them, including Sabrina Fulton, um, you know, of course, Trayvon Martin's mother and Tamika Palmer, they were two of those to lead in saying, we want to make sure that folks know what you have meant to us, folks you really know, folks that you, my son, Until Freedom have actually worked with. Um, and so I thought that was, it was just powerful. Um, and, you know, we continue to work with them. We continue to talk to them every single day. And we will always. Always. Our people. Definitely, man. Shout out to them. Nothing but love. So Monique Eidlett, um, our, the chairwoman of uh, Until Freedom's board, but she also. Sister, so, big sister that we love. Yeah, she's love. so much more than that. Yes, and so, and so many people do not understand what this black woman is trying to create, what she's creating. She's not even trying. Trying, she's doing it. Yeah, she's working alongside another black woman, and they are literally creating a institution to support women-owned businesses, uh, black-owned businesses um, through funding literally funding from seed money all the way to, uh, she, she has all these classifications and uh, series one and three, and I'm learning them all. I'm getting into my investment game um, and, and I'm learning thanks to her, uh, thanks to Monique. And she came on and talked about black wealth. Um, and I think folks really need to learn more about who she is and, um, and more about what it is, the movement that she is creating that will really extend beyond her. This is about setting up legacy and wealth for our children. So let's listen to Monique Eidman. When Discovery Channel asked you to be a, a, a part of a participant on Undercover Billionaires, I'm sure they put the $100 in your hand just, being, just knowing you would not be able to do it. Well, you know, I'll tell you, Discovery has actually been so, they've been super, super supportive. Um, and really, they actually wanted inclusion and diversity because they know it matters. Mm -hmm. It actually matters. It is the difference. You know, you can't, you can't actually talk about change and impact and inclusion if you're not actually showing it and, and helping your audience experience it. And so for them, it was important. For me, it's important. I'll tell you, I think that this was the most difficult thing that I have ever, ever done. And from day one, before I stepped into that city, before I knew where I was going, I had one mission and that was to represent black and brown people so that we could actually know and that others could know that we're more than just, you know, an athlete, an entertainer. Mm. We're business too, we're human beings. And for me, that narrative was so important. And then I just wanted to represent the underdog. Monique, you can't listen. I don't even know what to say about Monique. She's just so dope in so many different facets. She's a beautiful woman. She's educated. I've watched her control a room. Like, you, is there's nobody like Monique? That woman is a boss in every sense of the word, man. So yep. definitely, and she's beautiful. And, and she's that's just a that's just an added part. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just happens to be. Not too, not too um shabby on eyes. <laughs> that brings us to another one of you know people that we love. You know, shout out to my brother Trey, man. Trey is another one of those people that whenever we call, you know, we don't even call. Trey beat Trey beat us to it. <laughs> you know, there's something going on, Trey. Like, well, you need me to come, man. With my plane coming, 
Tell me where to come, I'll be there. You know what I'm saying? Trey is a superhero in the truest sense of the word, not like what you see on TV, but the real life one that he's there. You put the bat signal up, he's there, he's my brother. Absolutely. Shout out to our album, If You Scared, Stay Inside. One of my favorite albums that I've made. We did in actually two days, you know what I'm saying? So. Sure did. Y'all was acting like y'all were working, but it turns out you really was doing. We something. really enjoyed it. She said, "Y'all acting like y'all working. I ain't really doing no work." Yeah, you heard that. I was Probably. going out, going out at night, talking about we going to shoot videos and do. I'm like, yeah, right. They going out the town, painting the town. Nah, we was painting the town with that album, though, man. That's Let's right. Get a clip and it's a good album. I mean, people need to really, really, if you scared, stay inside download it and check out our brother Trey. What made you start the Relief Gang? How long has it been in existence? And what's the what's the goal of your organization? Um, so the, the actual organization is Angel by Nature, which mm, is mm -hmm, mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. meaning for ABN, because you know the real meaning of the ABN is more on the street side. So yeah. everybody wanted to be part of it. So I had to find a chapter in that that people could be um, part of. So I, I started the nonprofit Angel by Nature. Relief Gang really started heavily during Harvey, but the crazy thing about Hurricane that is those Harvey. Two, yeah, Hurricane Harvey. Mm. So everybody who in Texas already knew me, knew me for doing this work, period. It just what happened is during Harvey, you know, social media is the the easiest way to, to spread the word across the world. So it was just a different type of magnifying glass because I've been doing this. If you look back at Hurricane Ice and, and the hurricanes that have been eight to 10 years ago, you'll see pictures of me still out there doing the exact same thing. I think now it's just a way that the world could see it up close and feel like more personal with it. So during Harvey is when it really started just explode. So speaking of Trey being on the issues, We've had a number of individual, uh, a number of issues that we've talked about on the show as well. Um, you know, I, I, I remember one day we were talking about how the rent is too damn high. And we've had folks to come on and cover all of like how expensive it is to survive in this world. But we've covered some, uh, some other really important issues. Julius Jones, um, having our sister Tiffany Lofton um, which we should we should allow Tiffany's voice to be a part of the show because she is on the cutting edge of what this new movement will look like as a leader. Um, and so I'd love to hear from from Tiffany and also our brother Irv, um, who brought us in the awareness about Julius Jones. And we use the Street Politicians platform and all of our individual connections to help. Um, those individuals, Sister Cece and others who worked on uh, trying to get Julius off of death row. And God bless, he's not on death row, but he's not happy about being locked up either. Let's hear from the entire team of Julius Jones that, you know, really worked to try to save his life. So we go to trial. These two particular public defenders, guess what? It's their first ever death row case no experience, one was straight out of law school, right? So now we got the highest profile case in Oklahoma County in probably 20 years, and we have rookies as our, as our defense. Would it be just in a few weeks that he would actually be executed? If he gets denied, 
then he'll have an opportunity, what we call a clemency hearing, uh, which would take place about 20 days once a execution date is confirmed. It has taken everybody at every level, every level. It's taken what we would consider the small voices, then the medium-sized voices, then the big voices with the big platforms. It has taken every single group of people from every single place to build what I call a human chain to pull Julius Jones out of Oklahoma's criminal justice system. They, they issued two executions through lethal injection, but the cocktail of the lethal injection didn't work. And so people suffered before they died. So Oklahoma stopped the executions in 2015. Julius is one of seven people, Julius Jones is one of seven people who is now scheduled on death row to be executed between now, which uh, was supposed to be today with the first being John, a gentleman named John Grant uh, until March of next year. There are seven people on that list in that roster. The state of Oklahoma is now saying, we're just gonna continue these executions. It, nothing has happened since 2015 up until now. They're just saying we wanna continue them. But they went to these seven people on death row and said to them, if we can't do the lethal injection because it doesn't work, how else do you wanna be killed? Mm. Wow. wow. Six out of the seven of them said, F you, you're not gonna make me choose my way to commit suicide. And it is actually against my religious beliefs to commit suicide. So I'm not giving you that, 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 that easy way out. On September 13th, the uh, pardon and parole board who are people appointed by the governor and the governor is selected by the people, they uh, passed a, uh, a decision, a recommendation to the governor basically saying, keep Julius alive with the possibility of parole. Don't kill him. We have evidence that, that proves that he could be innocent. Now, the pardon and parole board is not a court or a jury. It's just the pardon and parole board. So only power that they, the only power that they have is to issue a recommendation to the governor. The governor looked at that recommendation and said, I'm not going to make this decision. Y'all go back and have an entire hearing and do it again. Shout out to everybody on his team, his family, Tiffany, you know. Um, Tiffany, Irvin. Tiffany. It was Tiffany Crutcher, Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany. That's right. The <laughs> Tiffany's, Irv. His whole family, everybody that came and supported him, man, you know, it was a blessing that we were able to make sure that the man was executed. Now we get a chance to fight for his freedom, man. So shout out to him. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. 
you know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. That's how we own it! So on a lighter note, we had a lot of serious, we've been talking about a lot of serious things, you know, and I'm going to take a minute to do my own little, my own little thing, you know, my birthday episode, man, which you seem to set up, y'all set up pretty good, man. Had some of my favorite people, people that I love. Shout thank you to Mika for that. It was a good, good little situation, man. We had a couple of my brothers that I love and they came up on there. Shout out to um, Fat Joe Diddy who came and dropped some happy birthdays on me, man. It, it made me feel a little good, man, to, to know that people that you respect, you love that, actually have motivated you just within hip hop, within the culture, just within life, you know, had a level of respect and love for you to come on and give a shout out. So let's go to that episode. You got locked up. Um, you know, you know, before that you was, you was like, your mind was just always so deep, you know, and, and always so right there. And, and then to see you come back and when you came out, I remember you was like, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm out here for for the people right now, and I'm like, yeah, we're gonna see how long this gonna last. <laughs> yes, sir, yeah. man. And you didn't stop. And I saw you in front of the Capitol building. I literally, you know, what I'm saying, like, shed a tear because I'm yeah. like, man, look, 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 look at what's possible, and look at this, you know, look at this king sticking to his word and really just, you know, de- you know, devoting his life to what's going on and really being able to reach the kids and everything. I want you to smell your flowers today. Uh, and thank you for what you're doing for the community because we need strong leaders like you who look from a lens like you, who come from where you come from mm-hmm. and know the pain of the people and the passion of the people. And that's what I respect most about you. Also, you nice as hell with the lyrics. Oh, Put it you. down for hip hop. Don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on that. And in the prophetic words of the great Reverend Dr. Fat Joe, yesterday's price is not today's price. That's right, that's right. (laughs) Shout out to them. So I guess some of the last ones that we've got to talk about, you said on a lighter note, and while it is, it was certainly lighter because it's my sister who's on TV and what have you, but what Portia talked about on our show was real. Talking about this idea that people feel like you're sacrificing yourself and you're doing it for clout. Not understanding that sitting in jail cells is no joke, right? The last time we got arrested in Louisville, Kentucky, they kept Portia almost the longest. Uh, so this is not like, this is not fun. And first of all, it wasn't we, cause I didn't even go in. I wasn't feeling well and I didn't get arrested that day, but all of y'all did. And Portia and Reverend Stephen Green ended up being in there for 
hours. They really did all they could to try to break them. Um, and I'm talking about 18 hours, not, you know, four hours, five hours, but 18 hours. And I can tell you, which you know, as you sitting in that cell and people start leaving and the numbers start getting lower and lower and lower and you're in there by yourself or getting close to being by yourself, it's real. It feels real. Portia's position is like, I'm on TV every day. I don't need the movement to get me on TV. If anything, being a part of this work and this movement and being out there calling out white supremacy and corporations and you know all of that could get me thrown off of some of the shows and out of some of the spaces that I'm in. So Portia was a great interview. Let's hear from her. It's just a matter of doing what I feel I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. like. Why else? You know, it's a lot of times you have you're you're in certain places in your life and you wonder, you know, why am I given this opportunity? Or like even for me, it's like, wow, I got six million people who follow me on Instagram. What am I what have I been talking about? What is all of this for? What has all of this amounted to and what was it building up to? And for me, it hit me in that moment. It was for a time like this. Mm. It was for me to come in contact with Tamika. It was for me to find out what she was doing and until freedom was being a part of. You all had your entire organization to Kentucky. Um, you had brought so much attention and awareness to into detail into Breonna Taylor's story that it made me say, oh my gosh, that is so inspiring. Let me lend this platform that I've been blessed with, you know, this I've been on here saying so many other things. Why not say Breonna Taylor's name if it could even bring um, one other official um, and, and bring attention to what's happening to her. If it could help even a little bit, it just felt like a natural duty that I needed to do. Shout out to Portia, man, dope interview. And since we're on the topic of sacrifice, Another one of my favorite crushes since I was a kid <laughs> from Fresh Prince, Tatiana Ali. You know, she's moved into this different space and she was able to bring us the story of Sai and Ty who lost their children to Child Protective Services for something that was horrendous, that didn't even make sense. And she, you know, she notified you and had us on calls and really did a lot of work to ensure that these these people got their children back. So yeah. let's go to that episode with Tatiana Ali, one of my favorites. It isn't new. This country has a long history of, um, this is why I draw the parallels to, to what's happened in the last couple of years with people protesting and, and, and with police reform or and, and policing in our neighborhoods. This also has a very, very long history. Mm -hmm. People's belief, um, the, 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 the powerful people, their belief that we are not trustworthy with our children, that we are, which is so interesting because we're trustworthy to take care of their children. Absolutely. But we're not trust, we, we don't have the right to our own. Mm. We don't have the, the, the right to, to ask questions about care, about medical care. So Tatiana Ali, um, the way that she found me, she literally tracked me down by every single person, Twitter, everything, and let it be known that this is not a request, it's a demand for folks to learn about what is happening with Child Protective Services and to get involved and in helping to advocate for these families. Cy, um, Cy and, and Ty, uh, they lost baby Ra, 
uh, and their daughter, a newborn baby within days. It was so traumatizing. And the way that Tatiana continued to make sure that she used her platform to bring everybody involved. She was, she was just like that young girl, like you said, on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, who was not afraid, very confident, speaking up. And she speaks so softly and she's so sweet but yet she is a powerhouse. So shout out to Tatiana Ali. Um, and, you know, thinking about the issue AKA of- Ashley Banks. AKA Ashley Banks. AKA my son's childhood crush, Ashley Banks. But speaking of, you know, when you just understanding what's happening with children being taken from their parents, I mean, the things that we learned as, as folks have heard, and hopefully people will download uh, that episode specifically so that you can learn more about this idea of, of, of kidnapping, kidnapping children literally from the hospital and or taking kids out of their home, as you said, for things that we should be helping them to be better parents uh, in certain areas, not to say that Sai and Ty were bad parents, because I don't think they were at all, but they were trying to feed their baby a natural diet. And as a result of that, sometimes there are different things that have to be tweaked. You have to find ways to make sure you get more protein, more, you know, whatever, vitamins, different things. But there is, you should not be penalized for trying to give your child a healthy life. And so, um, you know, just that episode alone taught me so much, but it also taught me so much about what is lacking within our government. And we, every week we cover some of the issues happening within um, the government and with all of our elected officials, but we've had some real ones on this show. We've had the public advocate of New York City, Jamani Williams, who is also run, running for governor of New York State. I am personally supporting him. Um, and, and you are too, even though he want, he's for mandates, um, the, the COVID mandates in New York, and that's going to be a point of contention. However, I still, we're not going to agree on every issue, but um, overall, I know that Jamani Williams is for our communities. We've had Congressman Andre Carson on. We've had Congresswoman Yvette Clark. We've had Congressman Jamal Bowman, and I'm probably forgetting folks, but we've had a number of uh, progressive um, elected officials to come on the show. We've also had Reverend Jesse Jackson on the show, uh, which is which was great. He was in in Leo Alexander's office when we were talking about rebuilding Tulsa, Oklahoma, and um and and and, and rebuilding the Black Wall Street. And he came in and just took over the interview. So that was a great moment. So we've had some strong political conversations, and we want to continue to do that. But I think it's time for us in the new year to start talking to some people that we don't necessarily agree with. You've been saying that. I just hate to give those people our platform, but I can see that there is some debate that is important, especially when it can be done with respect. When, when you work nine to five, you got three kids, you got to pick the baby up, you got to come home, you got to take care of the kids, you got two jobs. I'm not and the I'm only not. person that you're going to see is the person that's that's making sure that you see them. So how do, how do you tell somebody who's dealing with those issues that they should know that? That's a fact. So we got to find a way to help educate those folks. I think ranked choice voting pushes that. And now the other four candidates sleep, look, I really got a shot. Maybe if I double up my outreach efforts, maybe if I double up this effort combined with the fact 
that I have uh, the ability to get matching funds, I can now give uh, my uh, who I am to these folks. And then I can make a choice. And now you can go and yo, let me see what these people are real quick. Even if it's just a, a couple of moments before you go in, let me read through it and see what, yo, this dude did do that. So I think it helps set a stage where the problems that you're talking about um, won't go away, but perhaps this encourages people, one, to outreach more, and two, to learn more because their vote is now magnified. And if we can view it as that, as that I have magnified your vote from what it was, I think that's empowering. But what I just want to keep pushing back is none of the systems have been delivering what we want to deliver. I believe that this system has the ability to deliver more. And if you look at how people do uh, even um, polls, if you ask somebody if they're happy or sad, you will not get an accurate assessment. That's why they break it down and be like, are you somewhat sad? Are you somewhat happy? So they have to do those things because people will answer in a spectrum. Real and what kind of weight does this impeachment piece hold? Well, I think it I, I think it holds a lot of weight. You know, the, these impeachments, obviously, they have a lot of symbolic value and symbols matter right now. Um, I think it also has some some teeth. I think one hoping that the president doesn't try to run again. Now, the social media platforms, I commend them for blocking him. But one wonders, is it is it too much too late? He, he's on the way out. Now you want to get bold when you're partly responsible for creating this monster who is Donald Trump. But not but you know Donald Trump was able to leverage his celebrity. He was able to use the platform of the White House. I think that he he gravely endangered the security of the United States. He he threatened the integrity I think of the the, the democratic system. He he interfered with the peaceful transition of power. I think that uh, he effectively imperiled in many ways a co-equal branch of government. He he really betrayed his most fundamental trust as a president. Mm. And I think that alone warrants impeachment. I think it warrants a trial. I think it even warrants removal from office. I mean, it's almost, it's really too late effectively, but it certainly meets the test to disqualify him to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or even profit under the U.S. The, the, the myth of bipartisanship. Now, all things being equal, all things considered, like, you know, if Republicans were kosher and things were like, they, if they were principled Republicans that just felt like we want the same thing, but we want to go about it differently, mm -hmm. um, that would be one thing. But that's, that's, that's long gone. Like, it was gone, it's been gone for a while, mm -hmm. but Trump made it worse. Where, like, they, it's not, it's a, it's a party of Trump and it's Trumpism. So, they just want to obstruct, 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 delay, delay, delay. So knowing that, going into it with them as if there was going to be some bipartisan solution to this was was we were misguided in that. And right now, bipartisanship is is a myth. Absolutely. Have you designed and invented more than we know. Um, the things we're probably using every day that you would never be able to tell us that you actually were involved in. From 2000 and from 2009 to now, I've developed 218 unique electronic products that plug into a wall mm -hmm. for companies that I'm still under gag order about speaking. Right. Wow. Uh, some would say that every five minutes you're going to interact with something that I've uh, 
something that either has our kernel technology embedded in it or something that I personally designed. This is the black history and the black present we should be talking about. We're supposed to be celebrating brothers like yourself, but yet we don't even know that this is happening. You know, so I just want to applaud you and say, you know, give you your flowers now and say that we truly appreciate, you know, your contributions just to culture and just to our living. The living that we exist in right now is, is a result of a lot of things that you've done. And I just want to ask this, you know, you said that you, you went to Tulsa because you wanted to recreate that. You wanted to build that. You, you, it, it was synonymous with innovation. innovation. It was synonymous with you know, black people building and growing. What do you think it's gonna take to actually rebuild that? Look at Reverend Jack. Look at Reverend Jack. Before I answer that question, I gotta get my I gotta get my guy in here. All right. Is that okay? Reverend Jack, and you know how much we love you. Love you too. How you doing? I'm doing great. Genius. <laughs> yeah, man, he is a genius. You know, we we didn't know about him, Reverend, and we're learning, you know, now about this this gentleman, Mr. Alexander, that it should be, you know, we should all be applauding his work and supporting him, helping him. And I'm sure you're there trying to figure out how you can help him, right? It was basically linked to civilizations communication, so we, we must know who he is and, and tell our story because it, it defies all of the racist logic, racism assumed that one's inferior, with the inferior part of it. Reason is unscientific, it's not true. Yeah. It's divisive, economic, exploitative. Somebody, somebody, somebody got God made an error when he made somebody black. He challenged God, God himself. Just, and and but this, uh, this defies all that foolishness. Mm. Right. That's, that's powerful. The last time we saw you, it was where my son and uh, Minute. The last time we seen the Reverend was at um where we cried together when we got the conviction uh, at um Chauvin case, the Chauvin trial. Mm -hmm. yeah. and we cried. Me, you, him, Sharpton, and we cried as we he and he looked at me and said we we uh, he actually lived to see a man get charged for killing a black man. That, that's my when you get when you when you make a lynching a federal crime, which is not that's touchdown. When you make a uh, violating blacks, a hate crime against Jews and Asians now, touchdown. We must have national application uh, problem, not just local. You know, so I just want to end this show and probably one of my favorite, the favorite. The favorite? You had the favorite. It was probably the favorite, man. Okay. Two of my favorite people, you know, that I, Grammy is like a sister to me. Pap is, is one of my favorite um, artists. You know, one of the few industry individuals that I met in this industry that have levels of integrity that I feel match mine. So, you know, last but not least, let's go to the Black Love episode with Remy and Papoose Mackey. Black love means so many, so many different things. It takes on so many meanings. But um, it's about um, first and foremost, I'm gonna just say black out all negativity and show love. Mm. Mm. Um, they, they write this narrative that we can't have a strong family foundation. And that's not really true. You know, a lot of the pictures that are painted through movies and through music, through different things, they talk about the hardships of the ghetto. But there are also some good times growing up and, it, you know, being very family orientated and just showing that strong family foundation, that unity, 
you know, being loyal to your family and black love, it really does exist. So to me, black love just means loyalty, you know, being faithful and um, showing endless, endless love to your, to your loved ones. Mm -hmm. No, is, is, is a major part of it to me because, you know, it's easy to love somebody and to be there for them and be a part of it when everything is great and everything is fine. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, when it comes to, to the black family dynamic, there, there seems to be way more hardships in, in our structure than, than in, other, um, in other households. And we are able to endure that, mm -hmm. whether it's incarceration, um, death, unemployment, you know, poverty, um, single family homes, all of these things that we've been has been pretty much thrown at us and we've been born into and we still here mm. and we managed to, to thrive and, and, and love and be happy and have good times. Like all the stuff we've been through, you would think we, we as a people would just walk around depressed all day. Every That's day. Right. Okay, so I know that was supposed to be the last one and that was a great episode. I can, I mean, it was one of our best, one of our highest watch or viewed episodes. People downloaded it everywhere. And, and of course, I love Remy and Pat. Everywhere we see them, it's nothing but love. And they have so much that I feel like we can learn from. I, I look at Remy and, uh, and I'm like, you know, she found a great man. But as my mother would say, that's because she's a great woman. <laughs> so Sassy Bonsill Mallory says all the time, your daddy's a good man because I'm a good woman. So there's that. Uh, and I love that episode. But another great, another great episode. And it's like, we can't, we try to end it and just say, this, but there's so many people that we've had on and Styles P and Ajwa. His oh wife, man, they're going to and, but you know why I thought that episode was different from Remy and Pat's we were talking about black love with the two of them and they certainly exemplify that but what we learned from Styles P and Ajwa was about two people coming together to build businesses and to you know black black economic empowerment and how a couple can be a powerhouse in the business world even coming out of being you know in entertainment all of that, but still they were able to flip it and get into something that wasn't just a, a money maker, but it's actually healthy for our community with their juice bars that they have around the city. They're very, very, very knowledgeable about building black wealth. And so I felt like that for me was one of my highest favorites. I, all of them are my favorite, I but that was one of my best. That's definitely one of those. Those are another two people that I respect and always have love for and always support and have always supported me. So definitely let's tune into that. People also think you have to have a lot of money in order to well, that's not true. If you're listening and you're black and you're brown and you're paying attention right now, and then my brothers and sisters just brought up a great question and a, you know, but we don't say that shit about Jordans. Mm -hmm. We don't say that shit about the new iPhone. If you got the newest Jordans, you got the newest Nike tech suit, you got the newest sneakers, you got a Rolly, you got an iPhone watch, you got the newest everything, right. you got all of that. Don't start complaining about the shit that's gonna save your life. I know. That's right. So you can Don't wear that stuff. Don't complain about the shit you gotta spend that's gonna yeah. save your life if you ain't complaining about the shit yeah. that you're spending that ain't gonna save your life. You understand what I'm saying? Right. That's a fact. So that's some shit we do in the community where it's like, cool, like 
When, you, when people tell me I be, I just tell them straight fuck out of here with that dog. Right. <laughs> like, look at your sneakers, dog. You got them new retro shits on. Yeah. That shit's cost 700. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? How much the snapback cost? How much the fitted hat cost? Yeah, the the, the real ones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How much the real you, ones. Like, so we don't want to hear that expensive shit. You got to start doing your homework, be diligent, and give a fuck about, it, about yourself enough to say, all right. Let me spend my money at least on some shit that's gonna benefit myself. Yeah, cause how the fuck is a Gucci men bag gonna help you? <laughs> and my worst best, cause it's still a good episode, was you, Billy, Aaron, and Brother Q, and whatever mess most of y'all was talking about. Q was right, y'all. The rest of y'all was wrong. But anyway, I digress. We were just talking them facts, man. Appreciate my brothers, man. Brothers that I've known for a long time, and, and, and one that I met that gave me some good insight, man. So shout out to them, man. And with that said, you know, we've had a beautiful year, man. And it's, it's more episodes. Please make sure that you go and look up the episodes that we told you about. We only gave you some clips, but go look up the four episodes. We you'll see that there's so much jewelry and so many jewels inside of these episodes, so many dope people that we've interviewed. Some of them have not been celebrities, some of them just entrepreneurs and, and people that are on the, the cusp of being celebrities. So you might yeah. discover that somebody that's the next person to follow. So listen, man, make sure that you go look, just go ahead, go binge watch all of the Street Politicians episodes for the last few years, man. You're gonna find you something in there once again, we want to say thank y'all for supporting us, man. This has been a dope year. We hope that you have a New Year's resolution that you're going to follow this year. You know, everybody got a new me, new year, new me. Look, make sure it's a new you this year. Make sure that you're doing something positive. Make sure that you're growing, you know, and if you didn't have a good year, then make sure this year is better. If you did have a good year, make sure that that is even better than it was this year, man. Just continue to grow. We want to send you all holidays. Cheers. We want to make sure that you and your family are safe and healthy. Hug your family, love up on your people, you know, buy some presents, you know, drink some no, eggs. Buy some presents for what? For everything, for the new people give out new year's gifts. You people should be new year's gifts. No, as it's Kwanzaa. This is the quick Kwanzaa. And so we should be into buying different gifts. You know, you're supposed to give your loved ones a gift for every day of Kwanzaa. Now, those gifts are not like, you know, Louis Vuitton bags, unless it fits into whatever the specific um, day that we're in at that time, because the theme of the day is supposed to have something that you will offer as a gift to your loved ones. That's actually a part of the Kwanzaa principles. But we're just trying to get people to learn the, the principles in general and to try to follow them every day. We'll add the gifts part later on. But anyway, you definitely have been wrong all season. So as long as everybody knows that, and I have been right, for sure, as you always. You want to flip the tables on it, okay? Well, listen, man, the new know, year. The new year. New, year, new us, <laughs> culture leaders, street politicians. Y'all choose the name. If street politicians is the name, it is. But we just want to say thank y'all, man. Truly, thank from the bottom of our hearts. From, for listening to us, for putting up with our shit, for listening to me good curse me out all day. Like, y'all got some real good attention spans that y'all can deal with this. Because I'd be almost going crazy listening to this lady all day. But we want to say thank y'all, man. Have a happy new year. We love you. May next year be better.
Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.